and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, our resident TV-aholics are here, Stephen Ross, and now recruit Benji Jackson. Can you believe it, folks? Screen Babble is one year old this week. I'm glad to say happy birthday to us. In other words, this is why we look slightly festive. Yeah, this is Great. this is killing me to be honest with you. But the things <laughs> I'll suffer for the year. I'll suffer for the year. A year. Any highlights from the year from you two? I better describe what we look like at the moment for people listening rather than watching. So, uh, I've got a nice little red pointy hat on and a little uh, sort of happy birthday to me rosette. Uh, Benji's gone for a more festive themed. Uh, gold tinsel around the neck look and somehow Stephen's found this very 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 cute little helium balloon that's in the shape of a cupcake and says happy birthday I just I just feel it's such a great way to start the day today if you forget that he's also busted out the classic reservoir dog's top for the occasion as well his favourite top. A tux- oh my god! A, a this tuxedo, is a tuxedo for the thinking man's <laughs> film fan. If you haven't tried to see us online before today is the day people you gotta do it we're just looking so festive um highlights over the year oh my god there's been too many to mention but uh we must definitely mention our old pal alex morland who was here with us for a big chunk of it and uh, helped us launch and everything so missing him on our celebration today but also very happy that benji's here to uh keep us company and give us all that amazing knowledge he's got um in the back of his head there you you and alex are the encyclopedia people me and Stephen are the opinion people <laughs> am I alright to undo the festivities because please do I don't want you I'm to like choke getting garroted by tinsel <laughs> and it's not quite Christmas yet uh, Stephen yeah any any particular happy moments from the year gone by um yeah yeah too many to mention <laughs> I think that we've done 52 in a year. We've never missed an episode. I think that was worth probably yeah, mentioning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Again, yay for us. That could all go terribly wrong in the near future. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, the highlights wise, um, the sort of special episodes are always good, aren't they? Um, yes. So the... We should probably pick out. We should probably do a bit more of that. Some coming in the next few weeks. Last folks. year's year review. review yeah. was nice. So we'll have an interview review. We'll have looking forward to next year. All that kind of stuff happening over December. But more on that and on. Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to Freeview Channel Two Seven Six Shots. And believe me, you're going to want to see how silly we look today of all days. Which is uh, Shots is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle. TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. Exciting this week, Stephen, you're talking to us about The Crown. I feel like one of these just came out recently, but hey-ho, here we are again. And finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Benji brings us something a little bit more obscure than the big hitter of The Sopranos, which we had last week. It's Toxic Crusaders. Similar ish era though I guess late 90s uh, but first we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently so Stephen over to you yeah um, you actually mentioned it earlier in the recording oh. not intentionally but you said the day to day and I've been watching the day to day followed by nice. Brass Eye 
What's nice. the day today? The day today is the Chris Morris um, spoof Newspaper. of the news. No, oh, yeah, news. I knew it was something to do with news. Okay, um, right, right, right. Uh, I've never watched it, yeah. It's fantastic. And Brass Eye is the same thing, made by Chris yeah. Morris after the day-to-day. Slightly different. Oh. The day-to-day is the first time you see Alan Partridge on screen. It's the first oh. introduction of his character. He was on oh my the radio show. Was that early 90s or something? Early yeah, 90s. Yeah, 92, yeah. I think. Mm. Um, it's fantastic. Very, very funny. Very, very dark. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's great stuff. Um, is it is the is the early incarnation of Alan Partridge like more menacing? <laughs> I kind of feel like it could be. It's a rough or more he's silly. A, what do you think, Benjamin? Pretty pathetic, isn't he, Alan Partridge? I mean, he gets bullied constantly by Chris Morris during the day to day. That I think it's kind of funny that it, maybe that's the reason why he got a complex when you go into I'm Alan Partridge and stuff like that, but. He just constantly gets dogged on. Not the worst character from the day to day to get dogged on, though. But I'll leave the viewers to figure that out for themselves. <laughs> Sorry, what was the name of the second one you were watching? Uh, so the second one is Brass Eye, um, which oh, is yeah, the same okay. sort of thing, but I would argue even darker. Yeah, really close to the bone. But considering it was the nineties, um, it stands up like. The arguments they're sort of making about the news being like overly sensational and really struggling to deal with topics in a helpful way. Um, their use mm. of graphics on the show like is fantastically funny. They 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 have like okay. a graph and they they sort of show time and time and crime on the x and y axis, and they go, <laughs> if we do this. It starts flashing, and then they just make the graph start flashing, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's so. Um, are they talking about sort of real life stories in Brass Eye? Then so the good thing about Brass Eye is that they have real experts on, and they just sort of prank them, you know, like Ali G does. Yeah, yeah. So they have like MPs and public figures, and they get them to talk about this new drug, cake, that is ravaging communities, yeah. and they give them this big yellow pill. Oh. And they had um, the MP David Amison actually. Um, yeah, and okay. he was her yeah, cake, yeah. and he actually raised the issue in Parliament off the back of his appearance. No, um, he was really unhappy about it. And the, the problem is, I bet he was. it's funny, but all of the celebrities they get on are like well-meaning, but a little thick. So yeah, oh, they, they talk about it's a, li- the, a little bit exploitative. Then they talk about <laughs> these two groups where the acronym is fucked and bombed. And the celebrities go, <laughs> they, they go, fucked and bombed are working to help. And it's like, how did you not realise? Like, I know it was like so oh, early no. in the days of this sort of genre, but... Yeah. Mm. Stephen, never forget, though, that cake is a made-up drug. <laughs> yeah, cake that's, that's is a made-up drug. They telling them that cakes are made-up drug. And <laughs> there was something else where they keep saying hoax repeatedly. They're talking about this major hoax. Yeah. And it's like, you're being pranked. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Brass Eye is, is on Channel 4 online as well, if you do want to watch it. Do mm. the stories feel any any way more like normal than the what we get in the news cycle at the moment? Well, they're a bit more generic. So Brass Eye is very much like mm. crime, sex, drugs, and that kind of thing. And yeah. my favourite part of it, I think, is Chris Morris has the right and wrong wheel, and he will ask his um, guests... 
so drugs, is it right or is it wrong? And they, they just like, they move the wheel and he goes, all right, that, that's that sorted then. And it's a really good way of distilling the stupidity <laughs> of a lot of um, the way the news yeah. tackle complex issues. Um, it's it's yes, fantastically yes, funny. I can't recommend it. Yeah, good. Okay, got to check that out. Okay, uh, Benji, what have you been watching? Well, uh, with um, Monarch coming out tomorrow on uh, Apple TV... Uh, I have been going through the Godzilla movies or trying to get through most of the Godzilla oh movies God. anyway. There's like 38 different Godzilla movies. Uh, 33 of those were Toho Productions, which were the original Japanese company that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe five of those, including Monarch that's coming up and including now skull island and and all of the kong kind of monster verses i I mean the less said about that 1998 version of godzilla that roland emmerich did the better please Mm -hmm. i mean even in even in japan they they completely disregarded that version of godzilla a hollywood version of it was it oh yeah you better believe it was a hollywood version i do remember a massive uh godzilla movie coming out but i thought that was more recent has there been another one since then yeah yeah, so there was the 1998 version that TriStar did that uh, it's sacrilege as far as I'm concerned, being a big kaiju fan. And then we had a bit more of a, a grounded take on the Godzilla mythology with, I think it was 2014's Godzilla that okay. Gareth Edwards did. That's probably the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, yeah, and so from that 2014 one onwards, that's where we got Legendary Pictures Monsterverse. So you had Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, Kong Skull Island, and now you've got Monarch that's coming up. But like I said, 38 Godzilla movies. I mean, I started with the original, which is a classic, uh, the whole allegory about Godzilla being a metaphor for uh, the nuclear arms race and the bombing of Hiroshima. And then you get to silly things like, oh, it's son of Godzilla. He's on an island with a child, teaching the child how to be Godzilla-like. So it it ebbs and flows, but I mean, I have to... I have to rewatch it a because I'm a massive nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff, <laughs> and b because quite a lot of those monsters are probably going to be their origin stories capped with um, the Mark, uh, Legacy of Monsters series that's coming out on Apple TV Plus. I'm absolutely nerding out for it. Really, really am. Yeah, absolutely. My brother is a big Godzilla fan, so I would have been like trying to buy him unusual Godzilla stuff online in the past, and I've definitely given that up because it's a very hard task where do you find that stuff like all over the place yeah so um the majority of the godzilla films you can find on prime video you might have to purchase them some Mm. of them you might not have to as well i would not be surprised though if apple tv decide to pick up a couple more More. they're celebrating the 30th anniversary of godzilla in japan by releasing another godzilla movie so that's called godzilla minus one and that is getting an international release december 15th if i remember correctly same day as wonka so i've got a lot to decide what i'm gonna go see on that day and it's my sister's birthday and she's visiting so we might have an excuse to go and see wonka that day then yeah i watched finished a couple of things this week time which we talked about a few weeks ago Stephen really enjoyed that Felt it petered off a tiny bit at the end, I thought, but I really enjoyed it. I watched The Killer, your recommendation with Mr. Fassbender at the weekend over two sittings because I fell asleep <laughs> watching it the first time. <laughs> Just says a lot about me, actually, more than the film. <laughs> but I do agree the opening scene is fantastic. Now, how long does it go on for? About 15 minutes. But 
I wasn't as enthusiastic with my overall review. I was like, yeah, it was grand, but it's like any other shoot 'em up violent revenge film, pretty much. I mean, the the lack of dialogue and the sort of continuous sort of uh, stream of consciousness narrative you get is a little bit different, but... And there's some nice scenery in it. And Michael Fassbender's in it, so... It's, it's what John Wick wishes it was. Yeah, probably. A, a little bit more considered, maybe, as you said, a bit more nuanced or whatever. So, yeah, so that was that. And then Big Brother is still taking up way too much of my time. Thankfully, that's coming to an end on Friday. But actually, I've quite enjoyed it, I have to say. The first few weeks were a bit crap, to be honest. But as they got people got to know each other more and you kind of see the game playing that starts and that kind of thing. And I actually quite enjoyed it. So I hope it comes back in, uh, again next year. Although I kind of don't because it wastes so much time when you want to watch other things. <laughs> Hey-ho. Okay, right. That was what we've all been watching. So up next, Stephen, you're going to talk to us about, you know, this TV series like has been quite singular, really, when you think about it. It's done something quite different to other based in reality dramas that are based in reality I don't think it's all fully real it's some of it is dramatized etc embellished a little bit maybe but here we go the crown is this the final series am I right in saying that it is the final series yes mm. so okay so it takes us up to sort of Diana's death is that right yeah this is the season where Diana cops it so it's um season six it's coming out in two parts I've seen the first part of the final series and the first half at least is very much Diana focused. Okay. I had a feeling it might just open with a funeral um, because I thought that might be the easier way to deal with that rather than actually, you know, go through it mm. step by step. But it, it doesn't, it does have an interesting opening, but then it goes back to sort of Diana meeting Dodie and having a relationship there and then the press becoming more and more interested. So she's already separated from Charles at the start of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're talking about, you know, being, you know, they, they they were crap at being married, but maybe they can be really good at being divorced and sort of put their kids first. And then the paparazzi mm. sort of derail that and it becomes a bit of a PR war between the two of them. And you see sort of as the paps blown away by the amount of money they can get from Diana pictures the mentality changes and they become a lot more invasive and obviously you know where that's gonna gonna end up yeah Elizabeth DeBecky is is great as as Diana I've not actually seen much of the crown so obviously mm. I, I've dipped in now for season six I, I know what happens so I didn't feel like I needed to watch the first five seasons I probably will go back at some point but I found I started yeah. watching the first season when it was out and I just found it a bit too posh people hanging around the former <laughs> colonies and surveying. Well, you're, you're not a big you're not a big uh, royalist anyway, are you, Stephen? I think we know that. Yeah, not, um, not hugely. We watched the first few series and I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, they are well produced, well acted and I learned things I didn't know. I suppose that was an era where I would have had very little exposure to <laughs> what was going on in the royal family anyway. So I kind of liked it in that sense. But yeah, you I, I don't know, there's just something, just feel a little bit dirty watching it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, well, the royals aren't too keen on it, are they? I think they were for the first few seasons when it was all about, you know, how great um, her dad was and how great Elizabeth was. and The colony. The, and the idea of, you know, yeah. duty and honour. And now that it's got a bit more Charles and Camilla and how Diana was treated and, the various 
infighting. It is very interesting how it shows, you know, the firm as the firm, you know. Uh, is this the first one that's come out since the Queen died? Yeah. So So has there been any kind of pushback about how she's been portrayed around? Well, I mean, it's not out yet. She, it, she came out quite badly around all that time, didn't she? She was. So I've not seen the bits yet. You know, in the in the Queen movie with Helen Mirren, the where, where yeah. she refuses yeah. to come out for ages after Diana dies. I've not mm-hmm. seen that yet. Um, so I don't know how that'll be covered. She doesn't come across grey in basically they talk they talk about in the first episode about how Diana's was in the royal family and now she needs to get used to being out of the royal family and they start drawing these very clear lines and it's very tribal and quite mean for sort of the mother of your grandchildren um especially when you know she was cheated on there who they are yeah pretty awfully by the firm um she doesn't come across great but then there are a few lines that i think were written post the queen's death about you know how great she is and how the world is you know lucky to have her etc or whatever i think emilda starton is pretty good as the queen but in the first few episodes at least elizabeth de becky's definitely uh, stealing the show I, I think it probably will be controversial when it comes out obviously because it's dealing with the death of yeah. diana and the queen died last yeah. year and, and all of this but yeah 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 first how many Four episodes, episodes will come out on Thursday. So today is this is going on. And then the second four. Well, six. It? The second six will come out on okay. December the 14th. I was going to say just in time for Christmas, get people to binge watch it over Christmas. Yeah, I, there's diehard crown fans, isn't there? And I think it is maybe good that it's all coming to an end, but that was always going to happen, wasn't it? I guess they'll come back in 15 or 20 years and do the next whatever comes after that. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. All right, okay, thank you very much for that, Stephen. Uh, Benji, we're going back to the 90s with some animation in the form of Toxic Crusaders. Tell us about Toxic Crusaders. Well, it's uh, around that time when Saturday morning cartoons were ruling the land. Uh, you would have things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or is it Hero Turtles over here? I can never quite remember. Uh, and, and, and a gamut. Yeah, and a gamut of other titles that kind of like had a bit of an adult vibe to them on the big screen and trying to transition that. Uh, And Toxic Crusaders is no exception. It's a a trauma franchise that dates back to the original film, The Toxic Avenger, which was quite violent, brutal, uh, incredibly over the top. And they've just managed to sanitize all of that into an environmentally friendly 90s cartoon where Toxie is there with other mutated friends living in the junkyard in order to basically maintain the uh, status quo of environmentalism in um, Tromaville, which is where they're based. And uh, I'll be honest with you, the animation is is very nineties. You know, it's uh, the voice acting is quite shonky. But mm. given how big of a fandom Troma has, it naturally ended up getting a huge cult following, and the writing on it was was fantastic as well. It was one of the first times I ever discovered the idea of a 
meta-referencing. Like in one mm. of the episodes, they talk about, well, how did you know they were going to do that? Oh, you read the end of the script for this episode, which blew <laughs> my mind completely when it happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they sanitize it, but they also allude at times towards kind of like the more adult bits, like, mm -hmm. for example, how Toxie meets his girlfriend. It alludes to perhaps an assault might take place. Instead, they just want to steal her brand-new piano accordion. But it's, the, <laughs> it's some of the names involved are pretty impressive. The voice of Toxie is uh, an actor by the name of Roger Bumpus. If that name sounds familiar, he went on to become hugely successful as the voice of Squidward in SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, so he kind of cut his teeth there. The... Uh, Hal Ray provided the voice of Raphael in that aforementioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon series as well. But the big one is one of the writers on the series was a chap by the name of Chuck Law. Did anyone know what happened to Chuck Law in the end? Well, yes. he went on to create a little TV show and get into a fight with Charlie Sheen called Two and a Half Men. So oh, before... Hilarious. Before Chuck Law ended up doing Two and a Half Men and that abomination that was Dharma and Greg, hate yes, email... Man sent to the usual address um, yeah he ended up writing for toxic crusaders which kind of Random. for me yeah kind of for me quickly boils down to that whole trauma being a bit of a cram school when it comes to like just learning your art because another big name that came out of that whole kind of trauma family is james gunn uh, he wrote, I believe, Tromeo and Juliet when he was working with Lloyd Kaufman. He naturally went to do Guardians of the Galaxy. He's now in charge of trying to save the uh, DC Extended Universe. And uh, mm. this all kind of like has come to fruition now that Peter Dinklage and Elijah Wood, should I say, are starring in a remake of the original Toxic Crusaders, which are uh, Toxic are Avengers, they? sorry. Ah. Yep. Which, if you're a fan of Toxic Crusaders and you want and you want your kids to get into that kind of stuff, mm. no, do not check out the Toxic Avenger. I had yeah. that mistake when I was growing up, thinking, "Oh my lord, there's a Toxic Crusaders movie," and then watching a kid getting his head run over is probably not oh, the gosh. best thing okay. for like a yeah, yeah. a nine or ten year old. But <laughs> it's out on Prime Video along with a whole bunch of other trauma titles, which can only lead me to believe that. That Toxic Avenger remake with Peter Dinklage is probably going to arrive on that platform. Seems okay. a bit circumstantial. They've got yeah. a whole bunch of trauma titles there. So tell us, Toxic Crusaders, like how long did it last for? Like, did it run for a few series or not? No, very it, long? Was a, it was only twelve episodes. It was uh, around okay. that time where everyone was like rolling the dice and having a punt on Saturday morning Tro cartoons. Throw st st stuff at the wall and something will stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was a funny time. That that time where it was like. The birth of cartoons for adults, wasn't it? It really was. And it was, I guess, South Park came out around this a little bit later, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, they were all kind of leading in that direction. And I suppose SpongeBob is arguably for grown-ups as well. And I'm sure I'm missing some other really obvious ones. The Simpsons obviously was going at the time. But I know kind of coming from that superhero kind of angle, as it were. But yeah, okay, cool, interesting. I vaguely remember that being out of my house a million years ago, but... Um, yeah. I was watching the trailer for Toxic Avenger now, the, the 84 one, and yeah. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> <Is it laughs> that, that's all you're going to say. That's something. Is that a comedy horror? 
splat sticks probably the best yeah. word for it it's oh, quite God, gory but also with that kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit like brain dead that peter jackson did where this is excessively violent but also there is that real slapstick vibe to it evil dead mm-hmm. 2 probably mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. good example of splat stick so uh, yeah but trauma being trauma minimal budget but just pushing the envelope out as far as they can there's definitely a market out there for it. Okay, uh, thank you for joining us this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch. We'll preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble when we've finished partying and drinking champagne and everything celebrating our first birthday. We're, going, we're all being whisked off to New York to celebrate now. Spotify are getting us in. Did you hear? Yeah. Uh, I've lost okay. my passport. Oh, oh, all right. <sighs> Tough luck. <laughs> Let's go, Stephen. Bye. Bye. Bye.